0: Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today, I have a real treat for you—a woman with incredible enthusiasm, who's super dynamic, and who's an inspiration to you. Yes, you. Many times, I have professionals on there, learned scientists, but Zen Honeycutt, who is going to be with us today, is does not fit that picture. She fits the uh, the. the, the characteristics of an inspired mom who's just committed to action and by her example can hopefully inspire you maybe not to the the heights of achievement that she's done but to at least be active in your local community because this we're going to get into this today but folks this is a war it is a fight and we need people on the team to participate if you fail to participate just sit in your chairs you are not going to be pleased with the outcome. I can tell you that for sure. So welcome. Thank you for joining us today, Zon.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Mercola, and to all your viewers. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. You've made such a big difference in, in my life and my family, and I'm just thrilled
0: to be with all of you. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here today. We, with The uh, ostensible <laughs> purpose for the interview was to discuss your recent book, Unstoppable. It's been out for a while now, but it's a, it's a really good book. It's an inspiration for what you as a, a single mom, not I mean, not a single parent mom, but a, 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 you know, not really uniting with anyone else, but it's just just inspired to do something and not sit still and take action. So why don't you help us, why don't you go through the story of what inspired the book and maybe a little bit of backstory about yourself too.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much. So the backstory is for like so many moms, my kids were sick. They had allergies, autoimmune issues. Later on, one had autism symptoms. And I was completely confused and baffled. Why was this happening? My kids had 19, 20, and 22 food allergies, and my husband and I had none of them. So what was going on with the food supply? So thanks to you know, uh, Robin O'Brien and Jeffrey Smith and all the scientists that started exposing the information, I found out about GMOs. And then thanks to people like you, Dr. Mercola, that shared the interview that I did with, Dr. with uh, Anthony Samsel about
0: glyphosate. That was a great interview. It was really good.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I mean, you know, yeah, I really loved the moment where he shared that how, because I I try to make analogies out of things because I'm not a scientist, so I need to wrap my head around it. And when we got that, okay, so glyphosate is like the bad guy that breaks down the barrier or like the dam, right, and lets all the other bad guys in. He was like, yeah, so I could get it, you know, that this is what's happening with glyphosate, and the problem is glyphosate's so prevalent. This is the you know, this is the declared active chemical ingredient in Roundup that 80% of GMOs are engineered to withstand, and it's sprayed on all kinds of crops as a drying agent. So it's in most of our food. And when I found out about that, and then you combine that with all the other toxins in our environment and our vaccines and our, you know, pajamas and our sofas and, you know, baby bottles and all of that, you've got all these chemicals and toxins coming at our kids that's just a recipe for disaster. So our kids are sick. One out of two of our children have a chronic illness, and one out of two males and one out of three females are expected to get cancer in America today. That's not okay with me. Is, is, I know that,
0: Excuse yeah. me. When you say yeah. our kids, do you mean our plural, the country, or your yes. specific kids?
1: Well, my kids were sick, they're much better now, Um, but our kids, yes, in the country, one out of two of our kids in the country country have a chronic illness, that's not okay. So that was the impetus for me, um, starting Moms Across America, was to raise awareness about GMOs and toxic chemicals in our food supply, and we started out with marching in 4th of July parades and reached you know, millions of people in a single day. It was super fun, and it just grew from there to be a nonprofit. We've been around for six years now, and thanks to the support of people like Dr. Mercola, uh, we, you know, to you and your team, we're able to get free flyers out to our uh, supporters and to empower them to take action in their local com- communities like you were just talking about.
0: Yeah so uh, maybe just walk us through the journey you went through because it was really inspiring and even you know going to the details that preceded you actually going to a Monsanto board meeting and getting a resolution passed with a, with their because you bought stock and, and legitimately and legally could, <laughs> could attend the board meeting Not the so, board meeting the stockholders meeting
1: the shareholders meeting
0: or yeah shareholders. so so yeah.
1: actually that was the only stock i didn't buy was Monsanto stock that was I was asked to be proxy by John Harrington Investment Group because they had purchased $2,500 worth of stock and they were able to put forth a referendum, which got passed. So I was able to speak in front of the entire shareholder meeting, which was about 1,200 people. And that was probably one of the most terrifying and I feel like significant moments of my life because they had the opportunity to speak on behalf of mothers who were, and parents frankly, but you know, I was representing the mothers um, with sick children. And I got to stand up in front of the entire shareholders meeting and basically hold them to account to say how their products are harming our children. And I got to meet Hugh Grant, the, uh, that's the unfortunate name of the CEO of, of, was the former CEO of Monsanto. And I looked him in the eye and I said, you know, Mr. Grant, it takes a big man to make a big and powerful company but it takes an even bigger man to acknowledge when something's not working and to go in a new direction. And I felt like I got him, you know, for a second and he actually considered that. And it was, it was important. You know, I mean, he, he also, just before that, we got to talk about uh, the progress that we're going in. I said, you know, Moms Across America is looking forward to the day when Monsanto makes products that no longer harm our children. And he said, oh, we're always looking forward and have progress and we've got science on our side. And I said, well, we actually have science on our side, too, that your products harm our children. And I said, and just consider, what if you're wrong? Like, what are the consequences? I get you can believe one way or the other, right? But what are the consequences if you're wrong? There's a national consequence. He said, actually global. I'm like, yeah, okay, so global consequence. And he said, but if you're wrong, you're worrying an awful lot of people. And I said, but if I'm wrong, the consequence is only that people are eating organic. And there's nothing wrong with organic. So- you know, I think that the job of the mother right now today, so many of us get concerned about, you know, well, I don't have enough time, or I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough knowledge, or what if trolls come after me? What if I get attacked? You know, people are actually concerned for their physical safety in this climate mm-hmm. right now. But, but what I see is that we cannot be stopped. We need to be unstoppable, as I have on the cover of my book. And we cannot let fear interfere with our commitment. We need to take action. So when I was able to have that opportunity, even though it was intimidating, I saw, okay, I have an opportunity to represent mothers and I better bring it because I know some fierce mothers out there. And if they had an opportunity to speak to Hugh Grant and all the Monsanto shareholder meetings, I bet they would really bring it. So I hope I did them justice. I, I know it was, it was translated in about seven different countries in Europe. It was the, the account of that shareholder meeting. It's on my website at momsacrossamerica.org and um i hope that did make a difference and in fact that meeting the proxy was passed so that was just yeah just, yeah yeah but um but, but it, was, it was great it, great did opportunity
0: it, did anything come of that proxy does not I mean other than maybe
1: <laughs> it was advisory yeah not it, not yeah. Uh, perfunctory to call it yeah so it it was not but it was it was a big deal that it passed and the stock did drop after that significantly And I think a lot of the shareholders in that room probably were uncomfortable with owning Monsanto's uh, stock after that meeting.
0: Well, I want to go into bear stock in a moment, but before we go there, I'd like to have you comment on the statement that Hugh Grant gave to you, which was that the science is on their side. And I'm I'm sure you can expand on that quite a bit. And uh, to the fact that, yes, there is plenty of science on their side, but like, 99% of it was bought and paid for by them. And that those who seek to, to counter that typically are discredited, lose their grants, and lose their positions at university. So why don't you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, well, the science that they're cherry picking, which is an important word that they're choosing to present that is, quote unquote, on their side, is absolutely been shown to be funded by them, or even written by them in many cases, which was uncovered in the lawsuits, the first lawsuit of Johnson versus uh, Monsanto, the, the pesticide, school pesticide applicator. And that science shows that the majority of the The uh, studies that the organization um, that found glyphosate to not be a carcinogen, the the majority of those studies were not peer-reviewed studies. They were studies funded by Monsanto, ghostwritten by Monsanto, all of that. And then the studies that did find glyphosate-based herbicides to be carcinogenic were peer-reviewed, independent studies, and were not considered by our own EPA. The majority of the studies that our own EPA considered and found glyphosate to not be carcinogenic were um, were were not the peer-reviewed stuff, science. They were the industry-funded science. So when people say, "Oh, but it's science," you know, it's it's real. You have to believe in science, and you know, we're, it it's uh, it's 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 factual. Like you don't they try to come across, They try to make me to be anti-science. Well, what I would like to know is who funded that science? What does that science really look like? And just because I'm a mother doesn't mean I can't understand what's going on here when the majority of the, the, the science is funded by the industry versus the majority of the science is funded by, you know,
0: is independent and is peer reviewed. That says it all right there to me. Yes, indeed. So, uh, well, let's get on back to the stock then. Um, now, obviously, since that interaction, they purchased Monsanto, and it seems they did so as far as I can discern, without significant, uh, I guess, strategies to circumvent the lawsuits that are now happening. You mentioned the the Dwayne Johnson lawsuit, which was ultimately awarded, the jury awarded $280 million, which was subsequently reduced, but then another recent lawsuit, just a few weeks ago, $80 million, and there's over 11,000 pending. Now, in addition to that, the stock of Bear has gone down, down down by fifty billion with a B, fifty billion dollars, one third. If these other lawsuits perform similarly, it could bankrupt the company, which would be karma on steroids. Wow! So why don't, why don't you comment on that?
1: <laughs> well, wow is all I have to say. I did not know it was that much of a drop. And, you know, and when I, you know, when I first went to the shareholders meetings, my, my mother, who is like one of the sweetest people on the planet was like, Oh, well, you're, you're not going so that they like shut down their company. Are you, you know, (laughs) you're not not going to like, you know, like basically tell them all burn in hell. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to like, just, you know, be like, you should all die. That kind of thing. And I said, I said, no, mom, I'm going to tell them to go in a new direction. Because if they don't go in a new direction, not only are they poisoning the planet and our children, but their employees could lose their jobs, right? Because this is not going well. They're on a treadmill of toxic chemicals and it can only be more and more toxic and cause more harm to the earth. In fact, I said to the shareholders, you know, just consider what if this investment that you're making for your grandchildren's future is the very same investment that's destroying their present, right? Their their current health and their future and and that's actually what's happening is by investing in Monsanto and Bayer people are beginning to see that wait a second we're destroying the planet and so unfortunately because they didn't change direction and and they have the science to do that they have plenty of scientists that could do other things you know i even said you know like we need better solar and wind and we need, we need a way to recycle trash for goodness sakes and to get oil out of the, and, and plastic out of the ocean. And when I said this at Dow and DuPont, I don't, I don't think it was at um, DuPont, might have been Dow. I'm sorry. I went to two of them, one right after the
0: other, those shareholder
1: meetings. One du- of them, the
0: wo- DuPont's du- du- du the evil one. Dow is, is not so good, but not as okay. bad as so, it is. It
1: must have been at Dow. A woman came up to me and actually said, You know, I'm part of the sustainability program, and we actually do have some microbes that eat oil that's in water, and we're looking at developing that. I'm like, Awesome. Go do that. Do that instead of toxic chemicals. That's what I'm asking you to do. So if, if their stock is plummeting, um, unfortunately it's because they didn't take action really early enough to go in a new direction. And my, my only, I guess, I don't want to say I hope that they stick around, but I hope that they get that they have to change direction. Now they got to pull Roundup off the shelves. They've got to stop selling two, four D dicamba, Parquat, all of these toxic chemicals. And they, they need a different business model for sure. Chemical companies should not be involved in our food supply. That's, that's all there is to it.
0: Yes, indeed. I was really motivated to find out more about the history of Bayer since they bought Monsanto. And there's a it's at least 10 years, maybe 15 year old book called Hell's Cartel. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, it's it's the backstory of Bayer. And it it, it goes in, in really great detail about their history. And the Bayer was, I believe, the first pharmaceutical company. Obviously, they're based in Germany and their first drug, the first drug that ever existed was actually a dye. It was called methylene blue and it's still available today although really hard to get there's some obscure clinical conditions uh, but it's relatively non toxic compared to regular drugs but anyway they came up with aspirin of course and uh, there's a big story behind that but they uh, but they had a lot of competition and and really fell behind after world war 1 and and since, between world war 1 and world war 2 they actually formed a cartel a a, a, a Collection of all the other chemical and essentially would be progressing to drug companies formed together and they called it IG Farben. And uh, it's pretty clear that their response, and, and IG Farben at one time was the biggest company in the entire world, which most people don't realize. Mm-hmm. And they really pr- produced all the materials we needed that, that Germany needed for World War II, it's like synthetic diesel and synthetic rubber, oh, you know, they wow. essentially built the infrastructure for Germany to do what they did. And uh, th- it was interesting. And th- they were of course brought to trial in Auschwitz, not Auschwitz, uh, Nuremberg. Yeah. And, uh, but after, after World War II, they changed their name from IG Farben back to Bayer. So to me, it would be so appropriate for them to, 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 them to go bankrupt from purchasing Monsanto. I,
1: I would think that would be appropriate considering their
0: history. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So, you know, it, like most good marriages, uh, your husband played a big role in supporting you and going through it. But during that process, he actually lost his job. So can you tell us what led up to that and, and how he's been such a good support?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when I started Moms Across America, I had a lot of uh, in the sort of visions for what we, what I wanted to do. One of them was to actually meet with Hugh Grant and speak to him. I got to do that with the shareholder meeting. Another one was to put billboards up across the country about the benefits organic and about GMOs and toxins. And lo and behold, a, a somebody introduced me to a billboard company and they sponsored to have billboards up all across the country. And it was phenomenal. And the first billboard that I put up uh, was actually outside of the Monsanto shareholder meeting during the day of that particular shareholder meeting. And um, they, was, they did not like it. You know, it was all about invest in the future, invest in organic instead of you know, GMOs and toxins. And unfortunately, two weeks later, an outside consultant came into my husband's company and reorged the company. And my husband was the only one fired. Now, I can't say that it was definitely connected to Monsanto, but Monsanto was one of their clients.
0: <laughs> my, so just a husband, coincidence yeah just
1: a coincidence my husband was you know he was in the IT division he had nothing to do with Monsanto he had nothing to do with sales he, you know he, I don't even think he knew that they were a client for a very long time not until I got into this so um yeah so he lost his job and at first we thought that this was devastating just like many people in Hawaii felt like it was devastating when the sugar cane workers lost their jobs um, but back then, and now, and even today, I still stand for you know. Through every breakdown, you can create a huge breakthrough, and everything that seems like it's devastating can actually be the best thing that ever happened to you. And so we we made this into the best thing that ever happened to us. My husband got um, training; he did search engine optimization training. In fact, your website and and all of your traffic and everything was used in his training. And so he became a consultant, and his company is called Organic Results, and he actually does consulting for companies that we believe in, you know, to improve their, the traffic to their websites. And he's a consultant for moms across America. He runs our, our marketing, our, he's the CTO. He does, I mean, basically not CTO, but he basically does all the, you know, technical things and helps us with our health solution store and, and all of that. So, Um, he's just been an integral part of Moms Across America and part of the reason why we're able to still stay around. And the cool thing is, is we get to work together every day and he gets to be with our sons that are 16, 13, and 10 now. They get to have their dad around and it's just phenomenal. I I just absolutely love it that we get to do what we're doing.
0: So why why don't you give us a little history of uh, which of your children were sick and how they're doing now and the process you went to help them regain their health.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like many parents, I was so confused when my children started having food allergies. Um, In fact, my first son, when he was 18 months old, ate a nut and, but we wasn't sure if it was the nut or the dog he pet, but he, he was having a bunch of allergic reactions. And then when he was five, he almost died on Thanksgiving evening from a pecan in the stuffing. And it was horrifying. His body swelled up like a raspberry. When we were in the car, we didn't even think about calling the ambulance. We just got in the car and just went to the hospital. And in the car, his eyes rolled back in his head. And I, I thought he was going to die. It, it was devastating. Uh, but uh, thank God he didn't. He pulled through. And for the next couple of years, we just were resigned and doubtful in the sense of, we just need to avoid nuts right? We were just very, and we were on high alert. Every single birthday party, every f- gathering was like, you know, like a war zone. It was like, there were mines everywhere. Like, what if there was, <laughs> really, it was like, what if there was a kid that ate a cookie with a walnut in it that then wiped his mouth and then put it on a, you know, a counter. And then my son touched it and then wiped his eye or whatever. You know, It was just, and moms who have kids with allergies, they can relate to this. It's like, you're on high alert all the time. You're stressed out and birthday parties are like a very stressful situation. So, We just did that for a couple of years. And then one day when he was about eight years old, he had this rash around his mouth that had been going on and off for about seven months, and it would last for about two weeks at a time. And we didn't know what it was. And um, he looked at me really forlornly, and he said, Mom, I wish all my allergies would go away. And I said, Me too, buddy. But in my head, I was thinking, that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I realized what I was saying in my head and I was like, oh, wait a second. That's all resigned and everything. That's not what I'm committed to. I'm committed to empowerment. What if there was something we could do? So I remembered my, my cousin, Sarah, who had gone gluten-free for a long time and then was able to eat gluten about a year later. And I said, Ben, would you like to be able to eat a slice of pizza or have a piece of birthday cake at a birthday party like a year from now? So I painted that picture, right? That future. He said, Yes. And I said, well, then would you be my partner in your health? Would you drink green drinks and go to alternative doctors? He said, yes. And I said, okay, then I promise you, buddy, you will get better. And I shook his hand. We made a deal and he did. I did the research. He took his, the actions. He drank the green drinks. We took care of his gut bacteria. Within four months of going GMO-free, the rash was dramatically better. You could barely see it. It was a faint pink, pink line under his lip if he was exposed to the allergen, which we figured out was carrageenan by going to an alternative doctor. Um, and then within about a year or two of going organic, I don't remember the exact time frame right now, but it was uh, at least a year. might have been two years of going organic. His allergies to walnuts and pecans went from a 19 down to a 0.2. He no longer has a life-threatening food allergy. And I have to say that the peace of mind that I have as a mother that my son won't die from food is priceless. It's, it's enormous, you know, and our doctor's bills, by the way, are dramatically low. I mean, we used to spend 12 to $15,000 with good health insurance. Mm-hmm. And now, now, now it's, it's maybe a couple hundred, you know, it's a, it's nothing And Then that's just for just checkups or whatever. Like we haven't mm-hmm. had to go to a, a, a for a sick doctor visit in three and a half years. So um, it's that he's dramatically better. And, and then my son with autism symptoms happened a little bit later. It was uh, when he, he was, was vaccinated. He, was, he,
0: was he vaccinated or was he?
1: Yes, yes, all my children were almost fully vaccinated. I did not find out about vaccine ingredients until just a few years ago. Okay. So um, yes, and they, both, and they did also eat you know, a lot of GMO and glyphosate sprayed food for many years as well.
0: And, so, and I, he- I heard you gave him cell phones when you were about three or four years old.
1: No, 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 I did not No, <laughs> No, but yeah, but they're exposed to EMFs just like everybody else, you know, in the world, but they no, they didn't have cell phones until much. Yeah. later. But, um, yeah, so, so my middle one had a sudden onset of autism symptoms. We didn't know what it was at first. It was just hitting and screaming and yelling and all kinds of behavioral issues and school was suddenly very hard for him. And, um, and my and the teacher actually even called us and said there's something going on with him. So I, I took him into the doctor, even though my husband said, oh, it's just a phase, you know, a lot of parents just want to think it's a phase. And the doctors tested him and he had gut dysbiosis, he had C. diff in his gut, he had very high bacteria and fungus in his gut. And he's the doctor who was an autism doctor, and I was going to him because at least the vaccines were spaced out, he would do a spaced out vaccine schedule. And uh, he said, that it was most likely the fungus was a, f- affecting his gut so much that it would affect his brain, cause inflammation in his brain. And I said, "Well, gee, that sounds an awful lot like glyphosate." Because it wasn't long after that interview with with Samsell, right, when I had found yes. out that glyphosate does that. And so like I, the, yeah, the I gut, know.
0: the the, gut, the leaky gut causes leaky gut. Yes, le-
1: leaky gut and inflammation in the brain, which can which can impact behavior and and all of that. And and so. I gave him my doctor talking to about glyphosate and he said, wow, you should speak at maps. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't do that. I need you to do that. (laughs) And, um, and so we went all organic with my son. Oh, and by the way, at that time of the sudden onset of autism symptoms, my son was the first one to be tested in America for glyphosate in his urine. We had finally initiated that and moms across America had put out a word to everybody. You can get your, your urine, your tap water, and your breast milk tested for glyphosate. And my son was the first one, and his levels were eight times higher than was ever found in Europe when Friends of the Earth did testing in Europe. And so I was furious that Roundup was in my son. And so we went 100% organic, I mean everything, right? Especially after this doctor, the results from the doctor. And within six weeks we retested him and his glyphosate levels were no longer uh, detectable and his autism symptoms were gone. And, and all we did was take care of his gut. We did give him an antifungal. We did have to do a probiotic in there, but we gave him lots of sauerkraut, organic food. He ate no sugar from um, Thanksgiving till New Year's, no sugar at all. And so he didn't feed the bad gut bacteria and he recovered himself. He has not had a single autism symptom in, I think it's been five years now.
0: What type of symptoms did he have initially that were, that resolved?
1: So the his grades went from A's to D's in math. Everything was just way too hard for him. His focus—he was basically like an eight-year-old that was acting like a three- or four-year-old. Like he was having tantrums. Um, There was, unfortunately, it's embarrassing for him, but bedwetting. And there was his pee smelled very, very bad. It was you know, and he had rashes and just the anger and the behavioral issues, the lack of ability to focus. Uh, was was he was his behavior was very erratic and and he was actually trying to hit us and you know things like that it was it was really it, he was not being himself and um, and I know many parents struggle with that today and and I do want people to know that not all of their children may be completely recovered, but not to give up hope that you can recover them somewhat. I really do believe that with 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 taking care of your gut bacteria whether the harm was caused by vaccines or by GMOs and glyphosate or both, or an antibiotic, right? There's a lot of different reasons. I truly believe that the solution is to eat organic food, remove toxins from your body, and to pay attention and to care for the microbiome in your gut. When you do that, so many of the symptoms can go away.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, when I first started practicing in the, in the 80s, the incidence of autism was one in 10,000, one in 10,000. And I didn't see any autism patients until about 10, 15 years later in the, in the mid 90s. And I started seeing a few and they started trickle in. And then you know, by the late 90s, I had hundreds, hundreds, because many were seeing me from out of town and across the country, uh, because we offered some novel approaches. And what I'd like you to address is, what do you believe is responsible for your ability to essentially take charge take control of your family's health situation because it is relatively unusual and it is so important which is why one of the reasons i'm so delighted to have you on because we interview a lot of experts as i said earlier but that's not as powerful as someone like you, a normal mother with no, no formal science training, who's just essentially took the reins of control, did the independent research, and took action for her children, resolved the illness, and not only that, but now we're inspiring tens, hundreds of thousands of other mothers to do the same. So is there anything that you believe might be responsible in your upbringing or that, that contributed to this? Or, and then the extension of that is what can you recommend for moms out there like you to catalyze them to this type of uh, responsible action?
1: Well, yeah, thank you for asking. You know, everybody has different, that moment, that different moment when they decide to take action. There were a lot of different moments for me, but when you talk about upbringing, I do want to mention my father who recently passed, and I believe it was connected also to uh, vaccines, You know, his decline, I think he would have lived a lot longer. Um, but he he was very supportive of me being able to do whatever I wanted to do. And to give you a, a, a just an example, I came home from school. I was about 12 years old, maybe 13. It was eighth grade, and I said, "Oh yes, you know, how was your day?" And I said, "Fine. They're having elections for president, you know, in two weeks or whatever, for class president." He said, "Well, you're going to run, aren't you?" And I said, "Me? Why me?" And he said, "Why not?" And I was like, "Oh." Okay, why not? And I ran and I won. So, you know I, you know, I just think that we could all, if we all just had that moment of why not me, right? If there's something that you want to do or you're interested in doing um, or you're you, just something that you want to take on, why not you? And that quote from, I think it's Lily Tomlin, like, um, I always thought someone should do something about that. And then I realized I am somebody. That's it. I want everybody to believe that they are somebody, that they are, in fact, what my mom would say is amazing. And, you know, she, she altered my life too, because when I was holding my son on the first day of life, she, I was looking at him and I was just in awe of my baby. I mean, just like, and I was like, mom, isn't he amazing? Aren't all babies amazing? And she looked me in the eye and gently touched me on the, me on the shoulder and said, we all still are. <laughs> We all still are, and I was just like, "Wow! I got her love for me. I got her love for humanity, and I also got that I didn't think I was amazing. That especially not as amazing as this, as this baby. Like I figured, well, maybe amazingness sort of sloths off along the way, right? That we get jaded or whatever. But then I realized it was a choice. It was her choice to see me as amazing, just as it's my choice to see myself as amazing, or my choice to see other people as amazing. So I think the secret is to see yourself as amazing." And to see other people as amazing, even the people that are, appear to be opposition, even the people that you think will not support you in your cause, if you open up your mind a little bit and start to find some ways in which they could be amazing, maybe, right? They could be your hero. Maybe that city council member that's fighting you on Roundup. What if you saw him as your potential partner and your potential hero? Well, you're going to get a lot more done looking at people that way than if you look at people of, oh, no, they're never going to do that right? So I think that's it, to be in the inquiry of why not you and what if you could do this, right? What what if you saw people and yourself as amazing and you went for what you want versus looking at all of the reasons why you couldn't have that? I'm, I'm just like any other, I did not have education to start a nonprofit or a big event or, I mean, my goodness, my background was to be, was an entrepreneur and a fashion designer. I did not have this experience. So if i had let that define my future i wouldn't have done any of this right or the fact that i had sick kids and not a lot of money and definitely not a lot of time Um, but the future that i'm committed to is creating health and freedom and my my personal commitment now is to empower community leaders to be global game changers because that's what it's going to take it's going to take community leaders moms that are watching this right now in your community say you know what i'm the one that's going to get ran up out of my town i'm the one that's going to stop this, man, this vaccine mandate in my city, or I'm the one that's going to uh, you know, get my school to have GMO-free food. And when you do that, you collect us, all of us, collectively, we change the game around the world.
0: Yes, indeed. And you weren't, when you say mandated vaccines, that was not some potential risk or threat in the future that actually happened the day we're recording this. Yes. Rockland County in, in New York, um, Actually, a judge overturned this, but they initially prohibited unimmunized children from being in public spaces. But that is lame compared what the governor, not the governor, the mayor of New York City just implemented today and is requiring mandatory vaccines going door to door and vaccinating people who or kids or I'm not sure what the, I haven't read the specific uh, uh, a uh, re- regulation that was passed but they're going to go man door to door probably f- with force and if i guess if that you could still choose to refuse but there's going to be thousand dollar fine or thousands of dollars and i haven't read all the specifics i said but it's come to that so and before we started the interview you had mentioned that there were only six people responsible for eliminating the jews or the gas chambers in, in Germany. And maybe you can expand on that. And, and the reason I want to, I'm going to dwell on this, but I want people to know that this risk is real. This is something we're looking at. And if it's vaccines today, who knows what it's going to be tomorrow? Who knows? Yeah. It could yeah. Be statins, it, and, and they can level it up from there. Yes, they can
1: require all kinds of medications, they could require all kinds of uh, reproductive. You know, ish, uh, controls uh, the vaccines. They're 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 trying to get vaccinations in food. So then, of course, if we have to eat certain foods, we're going to be getting vaccinations there. Um, yeah, I was told. I don't know if this stat is exactly right, but it was only six people that walked four thousand people into the gas chambers, right? And and the the this the just devastating thing about that is that the four thousand people allowed that to happen, and that there was something about their human spirit that was crushed. That just, they went along with it. I'm I'm not criticizing, I mean, I have, wasn't there, was not my, I don't want to say anything about, but, but that, that, the fact that humanity allowed that to happen, that that happened in the first place is just devastating, but it is a, should be a warning to all of us that not taking action to stop these kinds of atrocities, will, if they spread, and, and they can, these types of Uh, control over human beings can be used in many different ways and what you're talking about happening in New York right now is absolutely heartbreaking and unacceptable not only for the civil liberties issue but because we mothers now know what's in vaccines and the harm that can happen because of them in fact when I read the ingredients about in vaccines several years ago a mom just posted on Facebook here's the ingredients of vaccines that's all she did and I was like wait a second there's not only uh, polysorbate 80 in there, which is which I didn't know till later, but it, it can break down the blood-brain barrier like glyphosate does and let toxins in. There's um, aluminum, very high levels of aluminum that are way over what the FDA says is allowable. There's bovine serum, which is you know blood serum from cows. There's chicken parts, there's eggs, there's uh, dairy, there's sugar, there's all kinds of things. And I said, wait a second, those ingredients are GMO. And if they're GMO, they're likely uh, contaminated with glyphosate because glyphosate doesn't wash off, it doesn't dry off, it goes right into those things. And and the animals that eat it goes into their, their body parts. And so we sent five childhood vaccines to be tested for glyphosate and every single one of them came back positive. And the MMR vaccine came back 25 times higher than the other vaccines and another scientist independently tested 14 more vaccines and they also came out uh, confirmed our results and his MMR vaccine came back 35 times higher and we all know that the problem around the MMR vaccine is that Andrew Wakefield said that it causes gut uh, uh, gut dysbiosis And he didn't say it causes autism, he says it causes gut dysbiosis. Incidentally, practically every child that has autism has gut dysbiosis, right? So um, this to me was huge because what I'm thinking is what if glyphosate in vaccines is one of the major contributing factors to vaccine damage? And if you think about it, mercury was in vaccines back in 1929. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until the late 90s when GMOs and glyphosate came on the scene that there was a huge spike in autism. Now, to be fair, there was also a huge spike in the numbers of vaccines that were given, right? Our children are now getting 49 to 69, 49 doses by age, uh, uh, um, by second grade and by age 12. Yeah, by age 12, sorry, 49 doses by age 12 and 69 doses by age 18. So the numbers of vaccines our children are getting are also extremely high. But there are children who get one vaccine and they're damaged after that. So you have to look at what changed in the ingredients. The, these vaccines are not the way they used to be. And so to have mandates and people going door to door and essentially forcing vaccines or finding people who don't get vaccines is simply scientifically not founded. It's not safe considering what's in vaccines right now and the amount of uh, doses that they're getting. So even if the concept is you know, based on a good one, just like the concept of GMOs, oh, feed the world. Frankly, the concept is not the reality. It's not working the way they intended it to.
0: Yeah, it's designed to be safe, but there's no studies that prove it, or if there are, they're conflicted, just like the GMO studies that you referenced earlier. And the other variable that happened in the late 90s was also the radical and dramatic exponential increase in the exposure to wireless radiation radiation frequencies, typically in the gigahertz range. From cell phones and what wi- and what wi- uh, Wi-Fi towers or Wi-Fi yeah. stations in homes and businesses and basically you can't walk down any major street in a street in America and not be ex- have uh, dozens of wireless routers hitting you. So this is not helping things. There's no way it's helping things. So the, the, yeah. the, there's probably a toxic synergy between the two that is contributing to the devastation of health that we see in so many people. So that's the bad news. The good news is that. M- as you so inspiringly stated, you have the ability to make a difference. You as a single person, you can make a difference. And I want you to elaborate on what you've done with moms across America and how those watching, hopefully if they are inspired by your incredible example, can participate in this process.
1: Oh, thank you. So if you, if you go to momsacrossamerica.org and you click on action, that's one of the pages that we would love for you to click on. After you click on our newsletter, you sign up for our email alerts. And when you do that, you'll get a free mini book, a free mini ebook of my book, Unstoppable, which is Transforming Sickness and Struggle into Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. So you'll get a free mini ebook of that. And then when you go to action, we want you to sign up to volunteer. And the best way to volunteer and get involved uh, that we think of is to ask others to get involved. So we ask you to post an event. And when you post an event, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Event sounds like a big deal. No, it could be a play date gathering at your park on Friday when you always go to the park on Friday anyway, right? And just post it as an event and invite your other friends and family to go. We could even share it, if you'd like, with our network in, our, in, that, in your state on Facebook and uh, other social media outlets as well. And when you have that event, we know you're serious about getting the word out, right? And so we send you free materials. You have to pay for shipping, but we'll send you a box of free materials that our sponsors have empowered us to be able to um, print out you know, hundreds of thousands of them. We've shipped out over half a million flyers already and you get to have those flyers to give to your friends and family or the moms that come to your mom's club and 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 what i invite you to do is not just give them one or two flyers give them a hundred flyers because we'll send you a thousand if you want and you give them a stack of a hundred flyers and you say could you leave this at your school or your library or your community center and that's your first step i i would think i would invite you to take into activism just get the word out about what's happening in our food supply and we have some great flyers you know, why eat organic, what's going on with toxins in our food supply, all of that, that are family friendly. There's no skulls and crossbones on them. It's not as we don't make it a scary situation. It's just informative. And we always bring solutions. So that's a great way to get involved. And we've had over 600 leaders that have posted over 1000 events in the past six years, five to six years. So it's it's a really easy way to get involved. And you can also join into Fourth of July parades. It costs anywhere from nothing to maybe $30 to $50 if you want to buy a banner um, and and also pass out flyers. You can do that. And you can have movie nights. There's some great movies that you can show and and just have people over and make it an organic potluck and have movie nights. I That's my favorite thing to do. I love doing that. So it really is it's fun to get involved, and uh, we'll connect you with, with other moms on our Monday night Moms Connect calls at 5 p.m. Pacific Pacific time. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get an invitation to do that, and we'll get to chat, you and I and, and many other moms across the country. So we really do invite you to get involved.
0: Well, great. So I'm wondering if you have uh, are restricting that advocacy and activism to uh, quality food and or organic and non-GMO, or if you're starting to incorporate some vaccine uh, efficacy in there?
1: That's a good question. So we've expanded our, our mission to, we educate and inspire mothers and others, by the way, lots of dads and students too, to transform the food industry and environment, creating healthy communities together. And by environment, we include anything that's coming at our kids. If that's a vaccine, if it's drugs, if it's pollution, if it's EMFs, no matter what it is that's coming at our kids, that's going to um, overwhelm them, you know, increase the toxic burden, we will address that. Now, are we experts in everything? No, so we're we're also looking for more advisors. We've got a great advisory board now, and we're looking for more advisors and more moms that wanna take on the role of, of really supporting other moms to be educated in these areas. So if you're interested in that, please do let us know.
0: I'm wondering also if you've ever thought of uh, joining your your advocacy with uh, other ex- pr- existing groups like NBICs, who have their vaccine portal, which is really focused on addressing uh, activism against the legislators in various states or so their local communities from passing exemptions from exist- existing vaccine, ex- uh, vaccine requirements.
1: Absolutely. We have teamed up with a lot of different groups. Originally, of course, Organic Consumers Association, Beyond Pesticides, Friends of the Earth, wonderful organizations. Um, And now we're also, because we found glyphosate in vaccines, it's really was like a bridge. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, here, here it is. Big Ag is polluting the products of Big Pharma. It's widespread contamination going on here. So there's a bridge now, and people in the vaccine group are saying, "Wait a second, our vaccines are contaminated. It, we are affected by GMOs and glyphosate." And the GMO and glyphosate people are saying, "Wait a second, our vaccines are contaminated with glyphosate." So we're starting to work together. We, of course, in in, in my book, I mentioned NBIC, and um, we are partnering up with groups um, locally here, a Voice for Choice and Parents United for Kids, and. Dr. Bob Sears and, and many different, I mean, Del Big Tree, I've been on his show a couple of times, Del Big Tree, uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is one of our advisors. So the, the health freedom movement is a major part of um, our focus as well. And, and we just really applaud the organization and the unity and the just it, astonishingly fast organization and coordination of the health freedom movement. And, and we really are excited to be meeting so many people that are so committed and so courageous to speak up about their children's health.
0: Yes, indeed, we really need to think about the original American pioneers who sacrificed so much mm-hmm. to give us this freedom. You know, Because we have a similar challenges against the state. It's not against the British, of course, it's against something even worse, international corporations or yeah. multinational corporations that are, are, have re- really made business deals with government that are exploiting each and every one of us and causing serious health to our, to our families and ourselves. So we uh, yeah. need groups like yours to, to address this.
1: Thank you. And I love that you mentioned the original pioneers because I had an experience when I went to Plymouth Plantation with my father and we met the actors that are in this little plant, you know, they have the little houses that are just like the settlers were. And there was an actor that was like a captain in in one of the homes and his wife was at the hearth, you know, stirring a big pot of stew. And I walked in and just to make, you know, conversation, I said, oh, is that feverfew? Is the herbs hanging over the hearth? And he said, nay, that they're, that there be chamomile, um, or no, I was the other way around, but it, you know, I said, is that chamomile? He said, nay, that there be feverfew, which is a herb I did not know of. And he said, it, it, y- you have a servant to take care of your family, do you? And I said, uh, no. And he said, then how do you take care of your family? And I said, you mean when they get sick? And he said, I, and I said, well, I just take them to the doctors now and then he's like, oh, <laughs> he said, doctors, sh- you hooligans and charlatans, a lot of them. He's like, he said, it's better to know yourself. And I thought, wow, yeah, it is better to know yourself. And it dawned on me, he said, the missus has an herb garden out back that takes care of all our ailments. And I said, well, what do you do if you need surgery? He says, oh, the butcher's son does a fine chop. (laughs) And and so what I got was that, you know, back in the day, the settlers of this country and the indigenous people, which by the way, my children have their nationality as both, you know, settlers and indigenous people they would not have survived the harsh winters, the diseases, we would not exist today if our ancestors ancestors did not know about the benefits of plants and herbs and roots and fungus and all of that. We just wouldn't have survived. So what's happened in this current climate is big pharma has robbed us of our ability to know how to use herbs. And uh, thanks to you, people do use many supplements that are herbal based. And they don't have to know everything about them, right? They just have to know, you know, which ones are the best ones for them with the help of their, their naturopathic or functional medicine doctor. But, um, but most people have stopped using herbs and plants as medicine and they're using, you know, chemical drugs. And the agriculture system, the industrial agriculture system feeds that. They make the chemicals that make us sick, and then Big Pharma, which is their sister companies, they make the drugs that make us, quote unquote, better. And so to opt out of this toxic system, we need to not only eat organic food or grow our own organic food, we need to also learn how to take care of ourselves through herbs and plants and and, and opt out of that whole Big Pharma system.
0: Yes, indeed. Well... You med- mentioned I'm promoting supplements, and we do recommend supplements, but, you know, I'm, I'm pretty frequently in re- uh, reminding people that supplements are just what the word says, supplements. That means in addition to, and that the primary uh, initial uh, action needs to be focusing on your diet and eliminating all processed foods and going to organic and really compressing your eating window to six to eight hours because that's a – You know, virtually very few, certainly less than 90% of people are eating less than 12 hours a day, more than 90% of people Mm -hmm. eat more than 12 hours a day, and that fact alone can devastate your metabolic health. So, and then integrating regular periods where you don't eat at all, and that that more closely uh, resembles the eating patterns that our ancestors did, and Mm -hmm. by following that, we can avoid many of the common degenerative diseases that we have today, like heart disease and cancer, which essentially were very rare diseases, not, more than a cent- not much more than a century ago. So it's these simple patterns that we need to follow. It's not, it's not, I don't want people ever to believe that it's taking some magic supplement that's going to cause, cure you. It isn't. Right, if, right. if that's the it's- only thing you do, it will do virtually nothing. You've got to do the other foundational lifestyle changes, like walking without much many clothes on in the bright sunshine. I mean, mm-hmm. that's free. Mm-hmm. And the magic that it does to your body is just profound. It is not anything that even closely resembles swallowing a vitamin D pill.
1: Right. And sweating, which is free if you take a run, right? Sweating to detox, that's free. Being out in nature and getting a good, microbi- more microbiome in your body, that's yes, free. Yes,
0: absolutely. Not Taking no a micro- watch in micro- nature. Micro- microbial yeah. diversity. But sweating in a, in a near-infrared sauna is actually significantly different than a exercise-induced sweat because when you're exercising, you're activating your sympathetic nervous system, and it's a little more difficult to release the toxins. But when you're in a, especially if a sauna that's EMF, uh, free and you've got these near infrared bulbs, not far but near. Then it's a lot easier to be in a parasympathetic mode and excrete those toxins.
1: That's great. Well, I want to mention something about detoxing. I want to share with you because sure. um So Go I just it. want to know what you think about it too. So my my father came to us a, about a year and a half ago with dementia. This was about a year after he got the high dose flu shot and the Tdap shot, oh. and yeah, and within two months of that, he had COPD emphysema, chronic kidney disease, his li- liver failure, renal failure, and he had to have open heart surgery, like emergency open heart surgery within two months. I am convinced it was the, the Tdap and the high flu shot combination.
0: What's, that? What's a Tdap? I don't know if I've heard of that.
1: Tdap. The Tdap.
0: Is, oh, Tdap. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tdap. Tdap. Yeah,
1: yeah, Pardon. yeah. And pertussis, right? And, and diphtheria. Yeah. So
0: How old, he got, how old was he?
1: He was, ni- he was 90, I think either 1 or 92 at that time. He, he just passed and he was 93. So this was about two years. Yeah. And, and so he had went through the open heart surgery. He went to rehab. He, he had to live in a home at one point because he fell and he was on oxygen It was costing $16,000 a month for his care. So he, and he wanted his, the, the money that he had to go to our children as a, you know, for college that so he had worked all his life as a teacher and all of that to do that. So we took him into our home also because we didn't want him to be in a home eating crap food. And, um, within about four months, he went from 11 medications down to two, eating organic. And we tested his aluminum and it was at um, 246 units in his blood. And a year later, it was down to six. And all we did was organic food, uh, Fiji water, which has silica in it, which removes aluminum, has been shown to do that. Uh, A primary detox product, product that we have from BioRay and a Um, and turmeric tea. And we didn't do the detox product consistently. That was just a little bit. And the turmeric tea was just a little bit towards the end. But we we did get the aluminum out of his body. And by the past couple and before when he came to us, he wasn't really interested in reading very much. But in the past months, few months of his life, he read A Brief History in Time by Stephen Hawkins. And he read the secret, he was reading the secret life of plants two weeks before he died. So he did not die of an adult brain. He died of the, I think, the repercussions of the liver and the heart. Uh, issues yeah. that he had from the, um, from these vaccines. And um, I just, but I am very in- encouraged that we were able to get the aluminum out of his body. Is it, uh, is, are there other things that, you know, you yeah. see in getting aluminum out of the body?
0: Yeah, right. I was going to comment on that. Uh, Fiji water uh, is useful, uh, at least um, Chris Exley, I believe, is the investigator in, in England that, that's identified it, but it has orthosilicic acid. And there's a, so, but it's really expensive to ship water. And that's something we tend not to do when we sell yeah. things in our store because it's, you know, why do you want to pay a shipper? You really, so the, the active ingredient is orthosilic acid. You can get that in a supplement called Biosil, B-I-O-S-I-L. And it comes as tablets or liquids or capsules as liquid. And I like the liquid, but it tastes really bad. And uh, it really works well if you put it in with some, um, uh, acetic acid, and the best way to get acetic acid is with apple cider vinegar, with the mother, mm-hmm. and uh, so that increases not only improves the taste, but it also increases the solubility and your ability to absorb it. So that's, I think, a lot more cost-effective and certainly easier solution than Fiji water. So that's probably the single best uh, detox for aluminum.
1: That's great. That's great, Mom. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. That we were we were happy to be able to get out of get that out of him and. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the a very unfortunate circumstance with the, you know, with the vaccines, but you can use food as we were talking about earlier, you can use yes. food as medicine and the organic food definitely played a major part in that. And as did turmeric, I know that turmeric can pull uh, chemicals and heavy metals out of the brain too, sure. right?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the right doses. So there's, it's detoxification is a complex process. And that's why it alluded earlier to not eating all the time and partial fasting and the My new book is Keto Fast, which describes that process, which, you know, where you cycle in and out of these things and you you feast and then you famine, feast and famine. And going through that in in a very prescribed fashion can really facilitate your body's ability to safely and effectively remove these fat soluble toxins from your body.
1: That's great. Yeah, I do intermittent fasting. I don't eat until about 10 o'clock. And even then, it's just a giant. A uh, glass of celery juice. Ah. So, I, yeah, so I, I don't actually eat a meal till around noontime and I, I feel better. I don't even crave food in the morning. I, I feel better. I, you know, my right. weight is, yeah, is, is good. I feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah, celery, celery is loaded with a phytochemical called apigenin. Apigenin is a CD38 inhibitor. What that is CD38? CD38 is an en- enzyme uh, that's outside your cells, and it, it's the largest enzyme outside your cells that consumes NAD. And NAD is really essential and important for, for helping you detox. So, celery juice helps.
1: That's great. All I know is I feel awesome after I drink it. My whole body yeah. feels like it's tingling, and I, just, I feel alive. Yeah, I feel wonderful.
0: That's great. Well, you're, again, you're a real major inspiration, and I can't thank you enough for what you're doing because we need an army of people like you. So uh, I'm so glad you uh, made a commitment, and I'm sure it wasn't easy, and probably you have a lot, went through a lot of struggles, but you know, you can, you're making a big difference, and hopefully you're going to inspire a lot of other people to join your, your efforts.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. McCullough. I really appreciate it. And, and I do want to mention, I did not do it by myself. I had a lot of people that supported Moms Across America. And I appreciate every single one of you and all of you that want to make a difference out there. Just start with, with what is most important to you. What group are you most connected to? If it's moms or your church or your school, you know, just start connecting with those people. Get a buddy and sign up on Moms Across America and see where you can start taking action. Because when you do, it's incredibly fulfilling you sleep better at night, which is important for everyone and you and your family, and um, and you do make a difference around the world. So I, I appreciate your this time so much with you, Dr. Mercola.
0: All right, so the website again, the URL is momsacrossamerica.org, and that's all one word, no hyphens or anything.
1: Yes, momsacrossamerica.org.
0: Yes, very good. All right, well, thanks again. I really appreciate all your efforts.
1: Thank you, Dr. Mercola.